0: Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Well, welcome to another podcast. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have you today. You know, I, I, I don't take it for granted. I, I really hope in my prayer is that, you know that when you hear these things that that and you listen to a podcast it really touches you at that moment you know, it's like at that moment you really needed to hear this podcast, and uh, you know that's my desire, that's my hope, and I'm just glad that you're tuning in today and that you've you've downloaded this podcast, and hope that I can be of help to you in any way. Uh, but let's just jump right in. We're we're talking about, and this is a a part three of a of a very important podcast to me, and that is multiplying yourself through leading by example. I believe that you can create little me's in your organization if you lead by example. And I think that that's one of the things that we see lacking a lot of times in the, in the business community, uh, community. It's more of, you know, do as I say and not as I do. And today, we're, we're talking v- very importantly about having ethics and leading with good ethics. You know, in the prior podcast, we talked about work ethic. I'm just talking today about ethics in general and having and leading uh, people by showing your good ethics. You know, ethics is simply knowing basically what is right and what is wrong and making the conscious decision to do the right thing, even when people aren't looking. You know, most people understand the importance of being honest and speaking truthfully, acting fairly. But professional ethics involve more than that. You know, it's important important for anybody who manages other people to understand employment laws, such as sexual harassment or other types of harassment. You know, are you a good example of how to treat other people with respect? Um, You know, just a quick look in in most newspapers, uh, and you'll see stories about a company or companies or an employee's unethical behavior. You know, in many cases, uh, the behavior is actually even illegal. And the, guilt, the guilty party will face, you know, legal charges and, and possibly even some jail time. You know, in the last few years, we've seen local and na- national politicians being investigated for a lot of unethical behavior. And, you know, there's companies out there, out there who have done what, you know, we've, we've heard being called cooking the books, you know, where they're being dishonest in their accounting uh, in order to increase the price of stock and in order to keep their shareholders happy and in order to fill their pockets with lots of large and illegitimate bonuses. Uh, some companies are so bold as to have their employees sign agreements to protect them from lawsuits filed by employees who experience unethical behavior being shown towards them. You know, th- here's just an example. That, you know, just an example of that. Uh, there's a company called Blackwater. You know, they're a large private security company contracted um, by the U.S. government to provide security uh, for private contractors in a lot of countries, such as Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, the employees sign contracts that includes statements that their back pay will be withheld and legal action will be taken against them and their family if they try to sue them for any reason. So basically what they're communicating to their their employees is that they plan on violating ethical behavior. It's not a matter of if, if they're going to violate it or violate ethical behavior. They're going to as a matter of fact. You know, it's a matter of of when they do and when they get caught doing it. So what they're saying is, we're going to do it, and we want you to sign a document that when we do, that you can't sue us. You know, that's the kind of leadership that we don't want. It's important that your employees see that you use uh, company property with respect, and you treat it the way you would your own. You know, Trashing a company, a car, or a vehicle, or trashing company equipment, or or other resources—it's not a good ethical example. You know, I've seen some managers take advantage of expenses, um, you know, expense accounts, and take advantage of their department's petty cash. You know, not only is the manager modeling, modeling a poor example of ethical behavior you know they're also opening a door to other employees doing the same thing because people follow the leader and if you if you are a poor leader in ethics they're just going to follow you down that path another important area is how workers see you deal with customers how they see you deal with vendors and even competitors it's never okay to lie or misrepresent your company it's just not you know, so somebody told me once about how their sales department would send product to customers who didn't order it. Then when the customer would call to report the mistake, the salesperson would act surprised at what happened and then try to talk the customer into keeping the product by offering them a discount uh, because of the cost of shipping it back. So what do you think the employees thought of the sales manager? They thought, well, this guy's a crook. You know, there, there's this guy should be in jail. Uh, but, you know, I've heard a company having purchasing agents, they take special gifts. They take cash from vendors for giving them the large orders. I've also heard of managers paying for things in cash and then asking for blank receipts. Then they fill out a receipt to turn in their company for a lot more than what they paid for out of their pocket with the cash. I mean, it, it, I've seen this. I've not just heard about some of this. I've seen some of this. And, uh, and, and I just think that, you know, when you do that kind of things, you can't help but employees find out about it. And then they are afraid to report it because this person is typically the type of person that they know that if, if they were to, to report it, then they would lose their job. And, which brings up another point. You should have a system in place to help employees report unethical behavior. And even encourage them to do so anytime they saw something that violated the company's written code of ethical behavior or code of conduct. If you have such a thing, if you don't, you should. If you don't have one, you should suggest to your HR department that they begin creating one. You know, a written code of ethics helps guide a company and their or an organization that helps to guide their behavior and their standards and their values and their responsibilities. You know, there's always somebody watching. So you're, you know, so never allow yourself to be tempted to break your ethics. You know, uh, in Proverbs uh, chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressor, transgressors shall destroy them. You look, you only have your integrity, you only have your word. And you need to be that person of integrity. You need to be that person with professional ethics. And I know we could talk a lot about ethics, but it's, it's important that you lead by example with ethics. So the next thing let's talk about when we're talking about leading by example, let's talk about time management. Um, and it's one of those things that sometimes we can all struggle with. Uh, You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Colossians uh, 4 and 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Again, every second that clicks by is a second you cannot get back. You can't get it back. And leading by example when it comes to time management is really critical. You know, one of the worst things that you can do is show up at 9.45 in the morning when all of your employees are required to be there at 8.30. According to, actually, a survey done uh, not too long ago by salary.com, they took uh, a survey of 2,000 uh, employees, and uh, and they were trying to find out about employees, uh, you know, wasting time. And through this survey, they discovered that, on average, that those employees wasted 1.89 hours in an eight-and-a-half-hour workday. So employees need a good example of time management. Uh, For me, again, it's important to me to try to lead by example. I typically get into the office 30 minutes before anybody else, uh, before the shift starts. Uh, before the company really opens. I'm in there about 30 minutes ahead. I do that because it's quiet, and I get a few things done in the beginning. and kind of get my, my day kind of outlined. But I also do that because I want to be there before anybody else. I want to have that, that action that I want them to follow. And so I want to be that example, and I want to lead by example in my time uh, managements. You know, one of the best time management illustrations I've ever heard and I saw it. It was a professor, and he brings in a bucket into the class and he fills it to the top with these medium sized you know bigger rocks and he asked his students if the bucket was full and the and most of the students were in agreement that yeah, it's full. Then he took some small pebbles, you know little you know smaller really small small rocks and uh He begins to pour them in, and as he shook the bucket, he was able to get more and more of those pebbles in as they settled in between the crevices and the cracks and everything of the bigger rocks that were in there. So then again, he asked his his students, he said, is the bucket full? And the students answered with confidence this time that it was full. But then the professor began to pour sand into the bucket, and the sand found yet more uh, voids and cracks and crevices and he was able to pour in all that sand. He then began to explain that the rocks were the most important things in their personal lives and career. The pebbles were still important, but not on the same level uh, you know, as those things represented by the larger rocks. And then lastly, the sand is everything else. So things that are really not that important, the professor went on to explain is that if you put the sand or the pebbles into the bucket first, then there's no room for the rocks. There's no room for the real priorities of your life. And the same goes for your life. So if you spend all your energy and time on the small stuff, you'll never have room for the things that are truly important. And so that's why that we have to really lead by example because it is important that all of our people – Everybody that we work with, the people we work for, the people that work under us, that they understand how to manage their time you know, uh, effectively and efficiently. So here's my thought. These are the time management strategies that everybody needs to practice. So first of all, never underestimate the importance of things on your to-do list because you've got stuff on your to-do list, I promise you, that are not that important. They're not that big a deal. So make sure that you really look at those with a keen eye and that you just don't write down to-do items. Um, Eliminate time wasters, things that are just going to waste your time. Just get rid of them. Just absolutely get rid of them. Um, The next thing is I'm a big fan of of what's called uh, time blocking. Block out time on your schedule for your most productive activities whatever that may be, whatever's the most productive thing that you do, make sure if it's only that thing that you block that one thing out because that's your most productive activity. So put that on the calendar. Don't let anything interrupt that. And that brings me up to another point. Make sure you're using a calendar. You know, you can put a lot of things on your calendar to help you stay focused uh, on the things that you need to get done. Uh, Then... The next thing I would tell you to do, if you haven't done any of this so far, know how you spend your time by keeping some kind of a a time or an activity journal for about 30 days. I did this several years ago, and I was absolutely amazed at how much junk that I spent my time on that was a complete waste of time. And it really opened my eyes to get really focused on what I need to be doing uh now there are times when I still look back and I say wow there's some stuff here this week and I really wasted a lot of time doing didn't need to. But the thing of it is is that I recognize those things and I'm trying to do my best to eliminate them. But uh you know it, it'd be a cool exercise just kind of take a journal you know for for 30 days and just write down the things that you spent your day on. Uh next use time management tools whatever they may be. Um if you want to use a notebook, if you want to use a day timer, um, you know, a lot of that's, you know, kind of old school now. People are doing more apps on their phones or smart devices. My, I would encourage you to find what that is uh, and utilize it to your advantage. But find some time management tools. Get you a calendar. Uh, if you have multiple employees uh, in in your company or your organization, I would ask them to all use the same calendar. Uh, you can send invites to each other to manage your meetings or your get-togethers. So, but but use uh, time management tools that are out there. Uh, the next thing is do one task at a time. Just do it, knock it out. Don't get interrupted. You know, just move on and get one done at a time. So that brings me to this point. You got to manage those interruptions pretty effectively. Um, you know, we have an office manager that knows that if our doors are closed, you don't come knocking on the door because we don't close our doors unless we don't want to be interrupted. So, you know, practice some of those things. Establish priorities. Learn how to establish priorities. That's important. Uh, And then, you know, we talked about don't underestimate the the unimportance of things on your to-do list. Well, this goes with it. Learn how to delegate effectively. you, you got to learn how to delegate. I'm not going to take the time to, to go into teaching people how to delegate in this podcast, but there's lots of books, there's lots of things on the Internet, but learn how to delegate effectively. Um, next, prioritize your health. That is critical. That's something that I've learned the hard way uh, in the last several years, and I just want you to know put energy and effort into your health. Uh, that's a big part of managing your time. Manage the time that you need to take care of your body. Uh, lastly, use a system. Um, I had a book on my shelf for a long, long time uh, called Getting Things Done. is a book written by David Allen. I bought it because it looked interesting, but I put it on my shelf and I never read it. Some years later, and this goes back to about three years ago, um, I read that book. And it changed the way that I approach every day now. Uh, It's basically a system for getting things done. Uh, He has developed this system, and uh, he's really uh, put a lot of energy into it. And uh, actually, when you implement this system, it'll take you a couple of days. It took me about a day and a half. Uh, I had to go into the office... Uh, change some files, you're going to take some time to think about a lot of things. But, you know, you need to develop a system. And uh, if it's not getting things done, there's other systems out there. But I'd encourage you to read, uh, at least read that book by David Allen, A-L-L-E-N, David Allen. And uh, it's a great system. I would encourage you uh, to use that. Okay, so let's move on. Leading by Example. And, and that will help you multiply yourself if you lead by example. And uh, one of those ways that you lead by example is by accepting blame and giving praise. You know, there's nothing worse than working for a boss who takes credit for, for all the successes that they had little to do or nothing to do with. And then when there's a big failure, they put the blame on everybody else. Man, there is nothing worse than working for somebody like that. Uh, President John F. Kennedy was quoted as saying, let us not seek the Republican answer or the Democratic answer, but the right answer. Let us not seek to fix the blame for the past. Let us accept our own responsibility for the future. And and that is exactly right. I mean, you know, forget about blaming people. It's a losing battle. doesn't help you at all. makes you look small, makes you look weak. Uh, accept the blame. You know, it's part of taking responsibility. Now, now some bosses feel that if they accept blame, it'll hurt their chances for advancement. Or in some corporate cultures, uh, this may be the case that in, uh, in most companies, uh, this person's career advancement is blocked when they do that. They, they've got the complete opposite understanding. It's better to stay true to what's right than lose your way through this type of behavior. I'm just telling you. You know, you don't want to point your finger at everybody else. Learn to accept blame. Be an example. You know, some think accepting blame makes them look weak in other people's eyes, but it may be true for some people that you may look weak to them, but not to the important people in your life. The important people in your life are going to see the difference. You know, I've, I've come from a company culture where at one point there was a constant culture of finger pointing. Everybody pointed the finger. Every time something went wrong, it was always somebody else's fault. But here's what I know. Whatever happens on your watch is your responsibility. You can't put the blame on other people. You know, I recently had a situation that came up. I had nothing to do with... You know what had happened, and it was a small mistake. But when I had a conversation with some of the leadership in the company, I took the blame for it. And, you know, I, I just, I did. I took the blame for it, didn't think anything about it. It just, it, 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 I just did. Well, a couple of days later went by, and that person who was actually responsible for it came to me and told me how much it meant to them that they took the blame, that I took the blame for that and that they had already actually went back and talked to the the leaders and said I know Harold took the blame for this but really it was me. You know, he took the blame because he you know, he's in the leadership role and he's the one that runs this division but it was really me that made the mistake. You know, and it meant a lot to him. I don't know if it meant a lot to anybody else, but again, I'm just trying to lead by example, right? So, I mean, I completely understand the battle. I mean, I do. I get it. As imperfect human beings, we are actually wired to blame people. It's just plain easier to blame somebody else for things than accept responsibility. I understand it. It is a battle. But as a leader, you're there to inspire people that watch you. You're there to inspire those around you and that those that that, you're, that, that are important to you. So blaming others does the exact opposite. It doesn't inspire anybody. Nobody wants to be like that. So you want to be that example. You know, it, it as I said, it, it I, I get it. I get the battle. You know, this goes all the way back. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. You know, and you read about the fall of man in the garden of Eden. And and in this passage when when God is trying to to find out, well how do you know you're naked? Who told you you were naked? And then he asks them, well, did you eat?" You know, he's talking to Adam. He said, "Did you eat of this tree of the 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 knowledge of good and evil? Did you eat of that tree when I told you not to?" And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 12, Adam says, "And the man said, "The woman that you gave me was with me; she gave me of the tree and I ate it." So, yeah, it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden when Adam blamed Eve for eating the fruit off the tree. Well, you know, here he was, you know, there And she gave him the free He didn't have to eat it. He could have made a choice. He could have stood up. But then when he gets busted, he blames it on the woman, right? And uh, some of you men, you know what I'm talking about, right? So some of you women are laughing right now. So we we understand that. So if you want to destroy a really strong team, or if you want to keep from having a strong, cohesive team from ever happening, then you go ahead and create a culture of blame because that will stop it dead in its tracks. You know, uh, it's one of the worst things that a leader can do. But, you know, back in 2007, there's this woman and she was taking a cruise and she got drunk and she fell over the railing, uh, railing into the ocean. It was about like 100 feet. Now, keep in mind, this happened in the middle of the night after this woman had been drinking for several hours. She was drunk. And this large cruise ship was able to turn around and actually find and rescue this woman. You know, in her drunken stupor, right? So she should have fell on her knees thanking the captain and crew for saving her life. But you know what she did? She filed a lawsuit. She filed a lawsuit against the cruise line for allowing her to get drunk in the first place. As far as I know, she was an adult. Nobody forced her to drink until she became intoxicated, right? She made that decision on her own. She was just unwilling to put the blame on the personal person responsible, which was herself. You know, there's so many reasons people play the blame game. Some have egos that they try to protect at all costs, or there are others that struggle with insecurities. Um, in some cases, uh, you know, that person maybe is, is they're just simply selfish, and they can't share the limelight. And so they don't want to black mark against their chances for advancement, or they don't want to be looked at badly and lose that limelight, so they won't take the blame. Um, some people have, you know, like really deep feelings from past experiences, maybe, that, that cause them to blame everybody else. Um, and then, you know, finally, sometimes blame, blaming others is easier to do just because it's simple. simply is easier, you know, than accepting responsibility. So regardless of the reason, placing blame on others is not a characteristic of a good boss. It's just, it's not. So let's go to the other part of what I was talking about, and that is giving praise. So giving praise is just as important. You know, some bosses can't bring themselves to give praise to employees when it is warranted uh, for some of the same reasons mentioned above. And in our next podcast, we're going to talk about some tips for giving praise. And uh, we're going to get into that. But today, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Christian Business Concepts podcast. And look forward to you tuning in again on the next week's episode as we continue this leading by example. And always remember that Jesus is Lord, and He wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts Podcast.